Fit and Theater of the Words presents The Reprehensibles, The Fight for Earth's Future, Episode 4, Neville Takes Over. I see no bruises, no marks, no missile impact, shouted Neville as he pointed down at the body. It was most unconventional, but not unheard of, said Grinnell. Poison, wasn't it? No, Neville, he wasn't poisoned. Your father was killed with the aid of a sound locator. Sound locator? I know of no such weapon. They're relatively new. You see, it's a kind of a, you could call it a tissue splitter. His heart, his lungs, surrounding tissues were literally ripped apart. I'm surprised you never heard of it. It's been around for a few years, he said as Neville's face grew worrisome. What is it? What's the matter? Duval. I found him outside. He had scheduled a meeting with my father. I thought my father had a heart attack. I left Duval in the room with him until the cargo transported cleared the hangar. Elmer, kill your father? Laughed Grinnell. This is no laughing matter, Melvin. Not at all, said Neville as he looked upward. Computer, institute a combined security search for Mr. Duval. Have them look through the entire sector station. Well, what good will that do? Grinnell wanted to know. Why don't you just scan the building and halt the transitways? Don't push me, Melvin, said Neville as he passed by him, heading for the doorway. Neville, things have to be done. You must contact the authorities on Earth. Neville stopped before he reached the doors. He waited a few moments and then turned to Grinnell. I am the authority, Melvin, and don't you ever forget it. Neville, he said as he put his hand on the smaller man's shoulder. For your own protection, I know. I've had to deal with them. We had that accident at Shaft 92 last year. Look, if I want legal advice, I'll contact my attorney. You're getting benefits for medical, not legal, services. Prepare the body for instant cremation. What? That's what my father wanted. Scan him, make sure the body is ready. I'll be in my offices in the sector station. Darius Constantine, the man who had guided the lunar aggregate through the formative years of growth and productivity, was cremated according to his own wishes and his ashes, cast adrift from the high-flying ion-powered jet or the iJet. The ashes spread quickly, falling into outer space as the iJet, resembling a 20th century jet aircraft, rocketed back toward the hangar. There was a short remembrance in the sector station auditorium upon which the immediate family retired to Darius's private office on the top of the building. As stipulated by Darius Constantine, they were all dressed in white. Please let's uh, get this thing going, said the lunar aggregate attorney, Martin Brombaum, a dark-skinned man with thinning white hair. Because each of the Constantines directed their attentions to the attorney. Neville held a smug, self-assured countenance while his sister Andrea seemed broken of her fiancé's refusal to return to the lunar surface for services. Merriweather, the brown-haired eldest son, sat next to Andrea's right with a look of anticipation and crossed his lanky legs as Brombaum spoke to them. Let me add to what I just said in the auditorium. My admiration of Darius Constantine goes back a long way. Admiration not only for his business affairs, but he was, a, he was a superb judge of market conditions, but for his attributes as a man. Those farms 
he said, pointing to the food production disks on the distant lunar surface. Those farms stretching across the lunar landscape are the true living examples of the compassion and concern that Darius Constantine had for human beings. Neville moved his lips around in a circle and then crossed his arms as if he were a man totally bored with his father's eulogy. Taking a loss on benefit margins for his mining operations to invest in what he called a complete misapprehension of business direction. Darius Constantine set out to feed the starving trillions. In short, his own life demonstrated there's more to life in general than just power and profit. Now let us get down to the presentation of the will, made some years ago. It's brief and very specific, said Brombaum. His assistant brought him a bright white box. Brombaum took the box over to a device next to the pooter slot. As power of attorney for Darius Constantine, I sir, opened the box, sealed since the scanning eight years ago. Box popped open. Brombaum reached inside and pulled out a highly reflected sphere, about five centimeters in diameter, and he raised it in his hand. This is the last will and testament of Darius Constantine, contained in this import retriever. Assistant Attorney Mocha will hand each of you an input card with a written readout of what is contained in the will. Now, here is the will. He lifted up the sphere to the tiny opening atop the ice-like telecom. The ball, spinning rapidly, moved to the top center of the telecom, and bright light filled the room. As the doors closed, the glare subsided. As the image of Darius Constantine, some eight years younger, his hair just beginning to show sporadic graying, stood in three-dimensional form. My friends and family, I please do not take a front at the image you see before you. It's only an image. It is not real, only a duplication from the past. Over the years, I have paid little attention to the final disposition of the Luna Aggregate Company, should anything happen to me. Well, if you are viewing this scan, you can readily see that my efforts with Mr. Brombaum were well worth the time. I have no doubts that the results that I am about to announce to you will have been made in sound judgment. My decisions are clear and to the point. All of my personal collections, furnishings, and the Constantine heirlooms will be left to my daughter, Andrea. She'll be prudent in her custody of these articles, as I have tried to be. Also, a benefit trust, not to exceed 1% of company assets, will be allotted by the Pudas by her voice command only. And now to the disposition of the Luna Aggregate Company. Luna Aggregate will remain in Constantine hands. I've divided my shares in a way that I consider in the best interest of my children and the best interests of the company. Please remember that these judgments were well thought out and not just hasty impulses. At the present time of this input, the shares stand in the following manner. I control 51% of all Luna Aggregate shares. Neville and Merriweather have 20% and Andrea has 10%. To Andrea, I leave 50 shares, which approximates to a 15% holding. To Merriweather, I leave 14 additional percentage shares, giving a 34% interest. Merriweather's blue eyes shuddered in disbelief. Neville produced a smirk. Merriweather had taken it as a foregone conclusion that he would control the Luna aggregate after his father's death or retirement. He looked over to his smiling brother as the input retriever continued. To my youngest son, Neville, I will lead the remaining shares in controlling interest in Luna aggregate. Neville is the best choice for the job and the most diligent and has the best business mind for Luna Aggregate. And that is what I wish for the company. 
Merriweather had risen to his feet, shaking his fist at the telecom. You stupid, ungrateful man! He yelled at the image still speaking. You know nothing of what you're decreeing here today! He cried as he exited the room. Company Desmond, and I know you were running in a manner and tradition that I and my father, Barrett Constantine, tried to chart in the past. Finally, I only ask that what I have done in my lifetime be remembered not only by what is physically left, rather, keep in mind the principles I have tried to pass on to all of you. Try to look at the future as if it is the present. Only then can you circumvent the petty obstacles that resist your progress toward individual fulfillment. I love you all. Goodbye, he said as he nodded and his image was no more. The telecom became bright once again and the sphere returned to the side glass medium. Brombaum took it from the hole and placed it back in the white box. This, of course, was made in advance of the food production program, said Brombaum. Now congratulations are in order to our new leader, he said as he extended his arm to Neville. By this time, news of the change had spread throughout the building, and other lunar aggregate executives filed through the doorway. Thank you, Mr. Brombaum, said Neville with his signature smile. The room was astir with congratulatory remarks and the laughter as the lunar aggregate people lined around the sides to speak to their new leader. Neville's moment of glory had finally arrived. The enraged Merriweather hurried through the lower terminal under the sector station. He figured it a trick, a finagling, and at the same time he felt rejection by his father. Shaking his head, he ran up the stairs through the transitway opening. As he walked down through the outside platform and along the transitway, a man about 50 years old with straight white hair stepped from the car. Merriweather looked down at the deep jowls of the familiar face. Ah, Merriweather Constantine, said the man as he held on to a cup of supran, his jacket draped over his arm. Have we met, sir? asked Merriweather. Uh, a few years back, I was in the European quadrant for the... Oh, yes, Inspector Manfred Glass said Merriweather, as two attractive women walked behind the inspector. Yes, and how are you? I take it you're here about my father's death. Glass gulped down the rest of the supron. That is correct. Has the will been scanned? It certainly has. Not to my advantage. My brother Neville has controlling interests, said Merriweather, as Glass raised his bushy brows. Oh? They're still upstairs. I have to catch the transport. No sense hanging around here. I have to track down a few things that my father talked to me about before he died. It may take some time. Yes, yes, of course. Let's take care, said the perplexed glass as the two woman assistants emerged from the car. Unexpected, Manford. Indeed it was, but that's not our concern at the moment. I want to find this character Duval and check out his story. I have reports coming all over the place. Earth City wants this thing neatly wrapped up. That reminds me, Manfred. And what is that? Glass walked ahead toward the terminal. The other man who is unaccounted for. Oh, yes, Wilson. Yes, it might be a good idea to get him up here, she suggested. Maybe, not yet. Let's get to first things first. Join us next week for another exciting episode of The Reprehensibles, The Fight for Earth's Future by Robert P. Fitton. Presented by... Fitting Theater of the Word.